Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for loving us and being so gracious to us and so kind to us and just always always, always being there for us. And so we just give you the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So someone told me it's Labor Day weekend. And what I can't figure out is what, number one, what is labor? Like, because I remember when, when, when my kids were born, they said, well, they're going into labor, you know. Or when you go to get a job, they call it labor, you know. And so there's just so many different words for labor. And I was like, why don't we want to celebrate labor? Why don't we just... And then, get this, on Labor Day, we rest. (laughs) Like, we have some of the weirdest holidays. You know what I mean? So I was just like, like, okay, we're going to rest on Labor Day. Some of us don't rest, some people work, but... Uh, a lot of us do rest, but it, it made me think about, you know, like I think of the fair. Anybody ever go to the fair? Mm-hmm. Like every year, me and my wife, um, we may, we've done it for years. All the kids went there. Of course, my wife grew up in Monroe, so, so she went to the Monroe Fair every year. And so we just kind of made that one of our things. And so, so um, we always enjoy it and had fun. We went with my oldest daughter and, and her guy, and um, his, his name's Steven, and he's a great guy. But um, anyway, we've never rode a ride at the fair. And they have this big Ferris wheel that's just like, you can sit in, and it's like a cup. And so it's like just real fun. So I loved it. Girls, not so much, you know. So, we're just, so me, and, me and Steven were just shaking it, just like, hey, and they're just like, you know, I was like, don't labor, just rest. Trust God. You're going to survive, you know. But um, anyway, I want to create a holiday called Rest Day. Can we, can we just have that? I mean, seriously, because when it comes to Christmas, nobody's resting on Christmas. Jared, ladies, like, come on. How many of you guys rest on Christmas Day? How about Thanksgiving. How, how about, like, all these holidays? Like, my wife works harder on Christmas than she does any other day of the year, you know? And so let's just have a holiday where, where we rest. And I think sometimes we forget that we can rest, and we can rest in Jesus. And, and when we think of work, a lot of times we, like, like, I grew up thinking I had to earn earn God's favor, but really all I had to do was rest in his finished work. And when I learned to do that, then it started changing my life. And so there's this dude in the Bible, and his name was, was Yochanan. Anybody ever hear Yochanan? His name was John. John, right? And in Matthew chapter 11, verse 1, it says this, After Je- Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went out on from there to teach and preach in the town of Galilee. When John heard in prison what Christ was doing. Now, listen to this again. When John heard in prison, right? This is John 
John the Baptist, right? We celebrate John the Baptist yoking on the mikvah or, you know, or whatever, right? He's, he's a dude that from the beginning we read about him with Jesus too, about his, his dad in the temple worshiping God or, or going to work to do his duties. And the angel appearing and saying, hey, you're going to have a kid. And he's like, yeah, right. You know, he says, guess what? You ain't going to talk until it happens. Sometimes when God gives you a promise, it's better just to shut up until it happens. You know what I mean? Because you start telling people, they're like, well, that'll never happen. I can't believe that. You should have heard when they said, well, you're, I'm going to be a pastor. They're like, oh, my gosh. Right. I believe that. It's like more Joe Biden will be president before you'll be a pastor, you know. It already fell like three times or something like that to run. Anyway, I'm just joking. If you like him, I'm sorry, but right. But anyway, but people are just like freaking out, just ah, I don't know about that. I should have just kept my mouth shut, right? And but but I didn't. I couldn't because I was so excited about it. But but here here um, <clears throat> here we see God do a great work, and John had a call in his life, and so so much so that he was out baptizing people, right? And he's doing it and preaching. And, and like the baptism wasn't something that John said, hey, why don't we dunk people? <laughs> I got this idea. Let's just start baptizing people and start doing it. It's been done for years and years and years. Before you could go into the temple, you had to go into a mikvah and it was a tank. And then you went under and you, you'd hold your nose and go under. And, and it represented dying to yourself and coming alive back, back out, right? In, it, to them, it was coming alive in God, but that's what you are when you're coming alive in Jesus too, right? And so anyway, before, before the priest could go into the temple, before the women, a lot of the women could go into the temple or, or um, just different areas of the, um, of the Jewish custom, you had to go through the mikvah. And so John's out here and he's like, hey, I see Jesus. I know he's coming. I know the Messiah's coming. I know that... That, that he's here, and I know that God sent me here to be the forerunner to him. And so guess what? Jesus shows up, and he's baptizing people. And, and he says, guess what, John? I want you to baptize me. And he's like, I can't baptize you. I know who you are. You're the son of God. You're, you're the Messiah, right? And so um, <clears throat> now we see Jesus, too. I love this because when we see Jesus... You know, they're like the Pharisees were coming at Jesus and they're getting ready to, they're one, trying to kill him all the time. And he goes, are you trying to kill me for all these miracles I'm doing? And they're like, no, we don't care about the miracles. We're trying to kill you because you said that you're a son of God. But the first time that it was ever mentioned he was a son of God was here at this spot. When, when Yochanan, you know what um, John means in Hebrew, Yochanan? It means Yahweh's grace. Yahweh's grace. Now think about that. Before, so, so in the Hebrew calendar, we're actually in the month of Elul. Can you say Elul? Now Elul is like 30 days that proceeds up to Rosh Hashanah. Then you go into Rosh Hashanah, and then you, from Rosh Hashanah, you have, you have like two days of Rosh Hashanah. Rosh always means head, Hashanah. It's the head of the year. But um, it's also known as the Feast of the Trumpets, right? So here, we're coming up to, to um, <clears throat> Rosh Hashanah, and then after Rosh Hashanah, you have Yom Kippur, 10 days later. Now, Yom Kippur is the day when, when um, the Jewish people believe that everything's judged. And so, um, <clears throat> I love this, because 
it's such an imagery of Jesus and who he really is because God actually gives us 30 days to go with the king in the field. And it comes from like, like the Song of Solomon, I am my beloved's and he is mine. His banner over me is love. And the reason the rabbis say that he gives us all that time to reconnect with him and reconnect in relationship is because God's mercy always precedes his judgment. Now think about that. Now we're seeing God's grace, God's mercy in John proceeding and saying, hey, this is my judgment. This is the one who I'm sending you. This is... This is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. This is the Messiah who you've waited on for years and years and years. And, and John's the one who's announcing it. And here he is. He's showing up. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And his judgments, the Bible says, For God so hated the world that he gave his Son. For God so what? Love the world that he gave his only begotten Son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It says what when we became believers, it mattered to us, right? No, it says while we were yet sinners, Christ gave him for us, right? Before we were born, God provided the sacrifice, right? So here is God's grace, John coming before and saying, Here, here's Jesus, here's the Messiah, and he's saying, here's the judgment, but every judgment is not going to go on you. The judgment is going to go on Jesus. It's going to go on the sacrifice. It's going to go on the cross. This is the Lamb. And he's pointing to him. You want to see God's grace in our life? We want to see God's love in our life? We should be pointing to the cross. We should be pointing to the Lamb. Not just the cross. The cross, hey, that's where my sins are. That's, that's where all, all my misdeeds are. That's who I once was. It's nailed to that cross with him. But guess what? I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old things have passed away. I, I was crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live. But it's him that lives within me. But I'm resurrected in the power of him who gave his life for me. Amen. And that's hope, Right? And so here, John baptizes him. And as he baptizes him, Jesus gets wet, comes up, and is like, yeah, thank you, John, that was really nice, right? No, the Bible says, as he goes down. Now, watch, Jesus was perfectly sinless. Not one spot, not, no, no blemish. There's no shadow of turning. That means any way you turn Jesus... You're going to see a different aspect of him, and that's a different message. You can see that in the temple, and you can see that in Revelation, right, in who he is. But, but there's no blemish in him. It's like a diamond, man. Do you ever look at a diamond? I've seen them on TV. I think they sparkle. <laughs> Next, I have a few in Linda's ring. I just get gold, but thank you, Jesus, right? Right? But you ever watch a diamond, how it sparkles? And, like, you can turn it one way, and it'll sparkle, and turn it another way, and there's no blemish. Uh, like, there's no fault in it, right? That's what Jesus is. He's a sparkling gem, right? So no matter which way you turn, he's perfectly sinless. Perfectly, perfectly perfect. And he did what we do, right? Why, does he, why, do we, why do, are we being baptized now? Because it's a public confession, right, of our faith. We had a young lady up in Darrington goes to our church, and she met a young lady on Snapchat, 
and she's originally from Holland but lives in Belgium or vice versa. I can't keep up with those other countries. <laughs> so anyway, um, she, she's been friends with her for a year or so, and so she came over here to America to visit, and she led her to Jesus. This young lady did. So they call me up before last week before Dwayne was going to um, do his concert. Hey, can we baptize her? She's over here in America, and she, she just got, gave her heart to Jesus and confessed her faith, faith in Jesus. Or, and she's like, like would, would you baptize her? And I was like, yeah, we'll baptize her. And so we come out there, and we baptize her, and I explained to her, hey, this is what it is. I was like, you're, you died yourself, and you're alive in him. And I was like, you're a new creation in Christ Jesus, right? Why do we do that? Just because we wanted to dunk people? Like when I was borrowing it from the co-op, I was like, what do you need it for? I was like, I'm going to drown some people out there. And they're like, okay, just don't tell them you got this from me. <laughs> you know? It's not because we just want to dunk people and say, hey, I'm going to practice waterboarding. <laughs> you know? No, there's meaning in it, right? It represents that we are crucified with Christ. We die to our old self, but when we come back up, Guess what? We're alive in his resurrection. All that stuff is dead. All that stuff is gone. That's good news, right? Amen. So when Jesus, like this is what cracks me up is because, is I mean, it kind of cracks me up. It's serious too. But when I realized Jesus didn't have to be baptized for us, he did it. Or for himself, he did it for us, just like he did everything else. So as he goes under, he comes back up, and then when he comes back up, what, what happens? He literally, the Bible says he literally floats over the water. Like we talk about him walking on the water, but a lot of us forget that he come up out of the water. And when it says he come up out of the water, it means like he levitated, man, like Superman. He just like, whoosh, whoosh. hi guys. And you know what the Bible says? God said, the sound of heaven come and said, this is my son my beloved son, whom I believe. Now God speaks from heaven. Can you imagine being there? John was there. John heard this. John's seen this. The same Jesus that later the people are like, we're going to kill you because you're saying you're the son of God. And Jesus is like, hey, I heard it from heaven. God, my father himself told me, he didn't just tell me, he told John and everyone around too, I am a son, Right? No, you won't get killed a lot by saying you're a Christian, but when you start realizing that you're a son of God and realizing your identity, and they say, who are you? And I'm like, I'm a son of God. That's when people get upset. People don't mind if you have a religion, but they don't want you to have your identity in him. And this is what happens with us, is when we are dead to ourselves, we're alive in him. If we're alive in him, if we're one with him, Guess what? We have sonship. That's why Jesus said when you pray, say, say our Father. He didn't say, say my Father who art in heaven. He said, say our Father who art in heaven, right? Not, his name's not Art, by the way. I don't know why they say that. Our Father who art in heaven. Never mind. You guys awake this morning? So here's, here, I love this about, about, about John, because John's seen it, right? John's seen this with his very eyes. He knew what it meant. He knew he was the Messiah. He knew before he came. He knew before he was in, out of his womb. He left. Mm -hmm. 
He knew in his spirit. But now he's in jail. He, he's getting ready to, to die. He's getting re- he, because he was standing up for, for righteousness. And so it says, when John heard in prison what Christ was doing, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one? Do you hear what, it, do you hear what this is saying? Now, we already know who John is. We already know. I just set that up for you guys. Like, you can knock that out of the park like Aaron Judge did for the Yankees at the Mariners ballpark the other day, right? He's like, in a desperate, hard place. Can you imagine how discouraged he is, man? Here I am. I'm born for this season. I'm born for this time. And now I'm in jail. And I'm rotten. And I'm hearing all these good things. But I'm not really sure because I'm so discouraged and I'm so tired. Are you the one? How many of us go through seasons like that? How many of us are like, you know what, Father? Man, I remember I had this victory and that victory, and I know you're Jesus, and I know you're the Messiah, and I know you live, and I know you're doing all these great things over here, but are you the one? Are you the one that I gave my heart to? Are you the one that I had entrusted? Are you the one that I pledged my life and my calling and gave everything to? And now everything's crumbling around me and it seems like I'm getting hit all over here. But are you still the one? Because if you are, it's all worth it. But if you're not, it's all been a waste. That's what John's saying. John the Baptist. discouraged. Man, it couldn't have been fun. It couldn't have been easy. He's like, man, I just need to know you're him. I just need that reassurance. I just need need to hear that from you. And so when he heard in prison what Jesus was doing, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who was to come? Or should we expect someone else? Is that really who you are? Man, I just got to tell you, I ain't got time for religion. Not in my life. I ain't got time for works and labor and hitting all these boxes because I never could hit them in the first place. And I'll just save everybody a ton of time. That's just something else. But I tell you who I do have time. I have time for the one who gave his life for me. And he gave his life for me because he loved me. And if I was the only one, he still would have did it. Same for you. That's what makes me tick, man. That should what make our heart leap. Because we can go chasing, chasing, you know, you know our tail? Ever see the puppy dogs? Like they just start trying? No, they never catch your tail. Like if you're always trying to be righteous in your own, you're never going to get it. But if we'll stop chasing our tail, they're like, oh, I got a tail. We're like, hey, I got a tail. Never mind. Like, I'm a dog. Yeah, I'm a dog. I got a tail. 
because no one chops it off, right? And just say, hey, you know what? I am righteous. I am a son. And I'm not laboring to be something or do something, but I'm resting in who I already am. Does that make sense? So here he, he says, are you the one? I just keep feeling that. Are you the one? Anybody ever ask God that? Are you the one? Are you real? Is this really? Like, because I see all this stuff happening. Are you the one? And Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you see and what you hear and see. The blind receive sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cured and the deaf hear and the dead are raised and the good news is preached to the poor. Do you know what he's talking about? He's giving him scripture. He's like, like this is like, I'm not just going to tell you I'm alive. I'm going to give you, I'm going to let the Bible interpret what I'm doing. And John knew it. Like he, it's not like John wasn't studied. Like his dad was a priest. He was very studied. He knew exactly when Jesus said that. He knew exactly who he was. He's like, You're, you are the one. You're the Messiah. I don't have to wait any longer. Guess where he found him? Through word. Through the word. Through his promises. That's why we always let the Bible interpret the Bible. If it don't line up with the Bible, we don't. it's not ours, right? It's someone else's. But the Bible always teaches the Bible. But the Bible is a lot deeper than just the... Logos, what does logos mean? It means the logic. Like it's your thinking, right? The letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Then you got the rhema. What is that? It's just God's thinking explained in a way that our heart gets it. Not super complicated. You don't have to like go fast for 40 days and do all these funny things to hear God's rhema to find the stupid. It's in here. It's like it's in our heart. You don't need a teacher to go tell you this and that. He says, I've written it in your heart. And you'll know in your heart when you hear the truth. And that's what happened to John. He heard the word. He knew the word. He heard the word. And what happened? It come alive in him, man. And as John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began, or he said, blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. Now listen to this one more time. Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. Why do you think he was saying that last part? Because John was tired. John was discouraged because John had tried to do everything that he knew in his power and it wasn't working. He's like, don't get offended at me when you're going through these trials. The Bible says in this world we'll have tribulation. So pout, feel bad, get mad at me. Oh, he says what? Rejoice. For I have overcome the world. Why do you say not rejoice because you're going to stay there, but rejoice because he's already overcome that thing that you're facing right there. He's made a way already, right? Okay. Let me go on. 
because I'm not I'm running out of time. So I was just thinking that about John, and it really touched my heart. Okay. Go over here. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, since the promise of entering Israel still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. What? For we also have had the gospel preached to us just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them because those who heard it did not combine it with faith. Pastor James, what does this have to do with John in here? Can you imagine? He had the gospel preached to him. He preached the gospel. He was a predecessor. He's the one. He's the original gospel preacher. And he was discouraged and he was at risk of falling away. And the Bible says... Don't fall short. Don't be found to be have fallen short of, of entering his rest. Not of works, but of rest. For we also have had the gospel preached to us just as they did. But the message they had was of no value of them because those who heard it did not combine it with faith. The word's great. Like you can say, oh yeah, that's the, that's the Bible. But until we say, you know what? I believe it. The Bible says we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth. Then we are saved. How do we don't? It's not we do this and do that and do 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 and all you get's a bunch of do do. It's about believing. You know the first first sin was really. I think oh she bit the apple right. You're blaming a Eve for it. Really it was she didn't believe what God said. The original sin was unbelief. Are you going to believe God? Are you going to believe what he says? Are you going to believe what he wants to do in your life? Or are you going to believe what you see, hear, taste, and smell, right? Now we have believed, now we who have believed enter the rest just as God had said. So I declared on my oath and my anger, they shall never enter the rest. And yet his work has been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. And on the seventh day, God rested from all his work. And again, in a passage above says, they shall never enter my rest. He's like, God rested, but now he's saying, they shall never enter my rest. It still remains that some will enter that rest. And those who formerly had the gospel preached to them did not go in because of their disobedience. Not the disobedience through works, but the disobedience through faith. They didn't believe that it was too good of the gospel to believe that, hey, I'm saved through faith, through Jesus. It's just too good for them. I got to earn it. When we work, God rests. When we rest, God works. Right? Now watch this. Therefore God again set a certain day, calling it today. Then a long time later, he spoke through David as was said before, today, if you, if, you, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. 
For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work, just as God did his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that, that no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. What's he saying? Man, I know when you get tired, rest. When you don't know what to do, rest. Where do you find that rest? You find that rest in him, right? You find that rest in who he is and in his finished work and in his promises. What do you do? I don't know what to do, but I'm going to stand right here and rest in your finished work because you are the Alpha and the Omega. You're the Leith and the Tav. You're the beginning and the end. You're everything I've ever needed and everything I'm ever going to need. What you did was not just good enough. It was more than enough for me. Not just in this world, but in the world to come. And we can hang our hat on you. Pastor James, that's just silly. Where, where do you see that Jesus is the rest? I'm glad you asked that. Hebrews chapter 1. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through him he made the universe. Now, you're like, he didn't make the universe. Where do you get that? Go to your Bible, man. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Bereshit, Barah, Elohim, et Hashemayim, et Haaretz. Be Haaretz. Bereshit, Barah, Bar, Bar. The first two words in the Bible start with Jesus. They taught, start with the Son that represents the sun. I can't show you that. I'm going to start showing you guys some of that stuff in Hebrew because it will change your, change your life when you see it. Not only is the sun in that, but also you've got, got um, the Father and the Holy Spirit in there. But we're talking about Jesus right now, right? It says, But in these last days he has spoken to us by the Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through him he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory, and the exact representation of, being, of, be, of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided publication, for, after, he, after he had provided purification for sins, not publication, <laughs> purification. A lot of people would like to public it, do that, right? But he didn't. He sat down at the right hand of majesty in heaven, so he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to, the, to theirs. For to which, did the angel, which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, today I have become your father. Now listen, the whole point here I'm trying to get to you is, is this. After he had provided purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Now, the Bible says that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. You want to find out what your identity is? Not in what you do. It's in your who. Your identity is not this stuff. 
all this stuff will pass away. But our real identity is in Him, and it will live forever. That's what you can rest in. This Labor Day, I want to challenge you, don't labor. Unless you're pregnant and need to have a kid. If you're out there, then it's okay. Today would be a great day. But otherwise, let's rest and trust Him. Amen? Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.